0: to the Truth Lover video podcast presented by Love and Truth Party. I am your host, Will Pye, author, speaker, transformational coach, workshop and retreat leader and founder of Love and Truth Party. You can find out more about me at www.willpye.com. Love and Truth Party is a self-organizing, self-replicating community and movement of love and awakening, a wisdom school facilitating health, healing and happiness. Liberating humanity from the matrix of fear and self loathing. Find us and join our mailing list at www.loveandtruthparty.org. We exist to empower the deep realization and integration of unitive consciousness of one human being and to inspire action in the world from this clarity as New Earth ninjas, our playful avatar. We do so in the spirit of play, holding the paradox that all is well even and including all collective crises, while simultaneously being moved to act to lessen suffering and serve the creation of conscious culture and society. Our projects include distributing a million love letters from the universe, inviting people to receive the love and care in these, and within the happiness acts, including the seven questions and other free resources, uh, meditations and such, Uh, online courses upcoming, the alchemy of cancer, the alchemy of depression, and so on, on loveandtruthparty.org. I'm very happy to be joined today by Brian Peer-Grosi, a good friend of mine. He's a coach, mentor, author, podcaster, healer, workshop facilitator, father. Brian is a beacon of light who has transformed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people around the world over the past 14 years. At the age of 20, Brian was suddenly struck by a mysterious debilitating illness, later labelled chronic fatigue syndrome. That lasted for over 10 years, leaving him in intense daily physical pain and too weak to effectively function in society. When no medical or other authority figure could explain the suffering that was happening to him, Brian made it his life commitment to inquire into the root cause of human suffering and the core principles of vitality, achievement and fulfilment. What began was over 11 years of quiet yet committed, serious inquiry, study, and personal application into the fields of spirituality, religion, psychology, sociology, cosmology, ecology, health, arts, science, yoga, self-realization, and personal development teachings. He read over 1,000 books. He studied the teachings of the greatest mentors and teachers around the world at the time, including luminaries such as Eckhart Tolle, Byron Katie, and Ken Wilber, and Tony Robbins. After an all-night, soul-searching walk in the rain, Brian quit his job, left his home in Northern California with the unrelenting sole intention of supporting individuals to transcend suffering and live the deepest dreams of their heart. Since that time, he's written two books that continue to inspire new readers worldwide. He has worked online and in person with clients in every inhabited continent. He has led transformative retreats, classes, and workshops internationally in over two dozen countries and he has shared his message as a featured guest on numerous radio and television programs and podcasts globally he's lectured at colleges schools festivals expos and conferences his online social media posts and blogs are shared with thousands of readers worldwide each day he founded the big glow online facebook community with currently over 6,000 members discovering how to be the best version of themselves today brian travels the world sharing his unique insights into the human condition he and his partner annie are based in Asheville, north carolina when the pillars of my limited mind collapsed the roof caved in and i could take in the beauty of the stars that's brian from the book the wow of the now he can be reached directly at the big glow at com. and we'll have all uh, Brian's contact details and site details and so on, on the show notes. If uh, you didn't get a chance to take a note of that, great to have you on, Brian. Welcome, my friend. Yeah, this is fun. It's always fun to connect. I think the last time we were yeah. uh, in person in in North Carolina, from from recollection,
1: I I recall we did a podcast. I think you were on my my podcast, and um, you had just been denied access to the US. You were coming to the U.S., or you were planning on coming to the U.S., and you, you were denied access, and that was a it just happened, and you came on and were That's sharing right. about it. That's
0: right. So that was after we'd we met, and I think maybe started a a podcast back in the Halcyon days when one could travel and move from right country to right. country. Right, the old normal. The old now we're the new normal. That's right. <laughs> and we had a topic. We sort of scheduled this call a few weeks back. Yes. The topic was. Um, do we need a new church? Um, mm-hmm. I think, broad, broadly speaking, and I know mm-hmm. each of us are passionate about, interested in a sort of a, a new spirituality and a new, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say religion, because that feels like such a, like, it feels like humanity is kind of done with religions, but um, a new church. And we were talking just now about how so much has happened since then. That it might be that um, much of what we discussed today is, 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 is this current circumstance on, on planet Earth with uh, the coronavirus and the attendant uh, lockdowns and so on, which are negatively impacting so many.
1: Yeah, I think one, it's interesting because we, we were having that conversation. I recall I was actually flying back from... Uh, from my travels, so it was like beginning of March, so right before things went to a whole other level of, you know, this kind of global lockdown thing and everything. It was just starting to get a little bit crazy, and we were ready to get you know. So, but, um, what church? Community, I was actually I recall um I was in Thailand, and then we stopped in Dubai because um, we because we were supposed to go through China, but that wasn't going to happen. So we rerouted and decided to make it negative into a positive and see Dubai, which I would never seen before. And spent a few days there, and that was very expansive. And I had this layover in this kind of strange, uh, I found this strange Russian airline and had a layover in Moscow. And I remember going back and forth with you at the, at the Moscow airport about the spiritual church and everything and a podcast, and, and then flew on to the States from there. Very cool, the, But the, the global traveler. Yeah. Um, but I, I think church is community right and i think one of the things that i'm hearing a lot of conversation about right now it's kind of like when you're missing something you realize how valuable it is right so Mm. with the social distancing thing and the stay stay at home orders and all this people have we have this we have you know the, the technology but we've been cut off from community and i think there's a really a sense of like wow that's really that's really a vital part of being a human being. It's like, you know, we've been tribal people for 99.9% of our existence. And it's like, there's something that's, that's, you know, we're mammals and we, we need to be, we need to be with each other in in a physical sense. You know, this is, this is a nice thing, but it's doesn't, doesn't bring us everything that as human beings we need. So that sense of community feels really important and particularly people that are on this path together to support each other. So I think, that's what started that kind of conversation for us, and well, is because a lot of, like you said, a lot of people are letting go of um, religion and are letting go of of the church or the mosque or whatever it is, the synagogue. Um, but that need for community is still there, so we were kind of inquiring, well, what what is what started to replace it? You know, what's what's going forward? Well, let's get on a podcast and talk about
0: it. Right, and and in the interim, that community is sort of you know, the, the pre-existing community, whether it be church or anything else has been has been ripped apart which is really interesting as you say it's vital to our condition and indeed um a friend lissa rankin who, who writes wonderful books particularly around the space of mind body medicine um she references the longitudinal studies that indicate that loneliness is actually the greatest risk to physical health Bar none. Yes. Yeah, it's worse yep. than smoking fifteen cigarettes a day. It's a greater predicator yep. of your health outcomes than 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 smoking or indeed how much exercise you do. So, you know, there's a lot of information out there right now about coronavirus. And I, I find it helpful to think about some of these very simple, straightforward facts that are um, beyond dispute and undeniable. For example, that our health is best supported by being in connection and being in community and having physical contact. And so, a policy that uh, removes that and indeed adds stress, financial and otherwise, in an attempt to preserve the health of the population, I think it has to be questioned and uh, even that is um uh, edgy to, to 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 question these policies um in in spite of many questionable aspects how how is it I mean, i'm i'm in, i'm intrigued like with with you in in north carolina because i know that the us is you know 50 51 whatever 52 different states both literally and right now there are different measures and different things happening in each location. Like what, what's happening in your corner of the country? Uh,
1: Wow. Um,
0: are you allowed to leave your home?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes. We're allowed to leave home. Um, it's, it's pretty, again, we're talking before I get on like unprecedented, what's happening in America right now. And, nobody knows really where it's going to go or exactly what it's it's the lines are what I think is really interesting is the lines of I actually was interesting getting your reflection on um, the fault lines are changing in a way that's very, very interesting. So this whole left, right thing is sort of falling apart and there's something, maybe there's multiple things now. I don't know, but it's, it's, it's not the usual people who are in agreement and disagreement or it's shifted. So now you're finding people who are usually in disagreement with, you're in agreement with, and people who are usually in agreement with, you're in disagreement with, and everybody's confused and everybody's fighting. And, and I, I, I was kind of, play, I had made a post about this and I said, well, I, I actually find it underlying kind of exciting, you know, because it's like, I find everybody's really passionate. They're engaged. Everybody cares. Everyone feels like, you know, that they're, like I haven't never seen people so engaged. Everyone's like, you know, and I think because everyone's being affected, you know, in different ways. And so um, if the conversation can stay civil, which obviously it doesn't always do that, but if it can stay civil and people can explore options and explore questions and um, engage with each other, and get each other's perspectives, it can, be, it can be a really beautiful thing. But the, the underlying thing I would say that I, that I feel um, that's concerning is just fear, just a lot, a lot of fear, you know. And unfortunately, people are afraid of each other. Um, and when people are really afraid of each other, um, that exacerbates everything you 're talking about about people 's health and people 's immunity and uh, well being uh, mental, emotionally physically spiritually. so is there a way that we can care for ourselves without being um, you know just overcome by fear and overwhelmed by fear i think that 's a great question because it just I think people just assume that. Well, you have to be afraid because, but, but do you have to be afraid? Here's a way I can care for myself and be responsible for myself and be an energy of love, not an energy of fear, right? To, the love is the love and freedom party, right?
0: Love and truth party. That's right. And freedom love and truth would party. It was in there too. A founding principle for sure. Yeah. yeah and the truth of the unhelpfulness of fear you know there are those moments in life where you know, if there's a bus moving towards us at high speed or whatever, that um, you know physiological um, rush of cortisol or adrenaline or whatever that allows us to to act quickly is is, is helpful and it's part of the intelligence of the body. But the other ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, including when there's a pandemic, it's actually counter productive and we know this of course from from trauma studies that people can get locked in, uh, in in a fight or flight response or in a fear response they can get locked in a neurological biochemical uh, experience that we might ultimately call call anxiety or um yeah you know and it's it's really not good for our physical health i remember a, an integrative doctor saying to me once um way way back when I'd been diagnosed with cancer, he said that the best thing if you've been diagnosed with cancer is not to think that you've been diagnosed with cancer because the the, the thought can create a biophysical response which is um, counter to what we want to be creating, which is, of course, health. And so we do know that from psychoneuroimmunological studies that our state of consciousness, our emotionality that's being consistently experienced is causative in our health outcomes and i saw a post of yours that you pointed out that our um best protection against the coronavirus is our own immune system of course and for the vast majority of people that's entirely sufficient um and of course we would want to be doing all that we can to enhance and support our immune system response and that of our friends and neighbors and um, to be in love is certainly one powerful <laughs> way to be in connection, right. to be in joy, to be in gratitude. Right. All of these things are great for our, for our health. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and I guess that's like one of the functions or outcomes of community, whether it's online or in real time, we, we have that, or, or in, in real person, we we have that experience, the embodied experience of of, of connection, of being seen, of um, being being held, of being listened to in uh, in, in in the same room. Uh, so to to take all that away is um, yeah really um, hugely damaging.
1: Yeah, I think that. one of the frustrations that many people have about the who and here in the states to call the cdc and these 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 bodies these organizations that are dictating the policy and why i think these conspiracy theories are rising and people are asking questions is what you're saying to me is common sense right i was like why aren't they saying that you know and i know it's not maybe we're asking for too much you know for this H, WHO and Say, if you could just be in love, it would. You know, I know they don't normally talk like that, but at the same time, it's like we. It's. I think it's waking us up to like, whoa, this is the people who are in charge of health, and they, they, for whatever reason, they're not allowed or they don't know these basic things to communicate to to tell people of how to raise their immune system and how to, you know, well, how best to deal with the situation from. And I think that's one of the, the kind of the, the, the fault lines I'm seeing is people who have some understanding of uh, holistic health and holistic consciousness and people that don't. Right. And I think people like you and me, we have it from our own experience. We know that this is how we move through things that we dealt with is we, we learned that, okay, there's a, you know, everything is interdependent and making any one part of this, this, these, when you make any one part, part stronger makes all the other parts stronger. And it's, it's this whole mind, body, spirit, you know, emotions, um, this whole thing that, um, you want to, you want to give attention to all of it. And so I think that's one of the things that people are waking up to and maybe something good that can come out of this is on a, on a collective level, we do start to have people that talk more about the holistic health, um, not just vaccines, uh, not just, um, you know, big pharma solutions, but a, a whole mind, body, spirit, you know, emotions, emotional system, to living he- well and living healthy.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. You, you sort of characterise the the unlikelihood of the WHO releasing, you know, <laughs> love each other and Just, on. Yeah. But, but, but more more prosaically, there could be a you know a, 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 a one pager from the WHO or from the CDC or whatever. Yeah, you know, how how to maximise your well-being and health. You know. Um, practice self-love, gratitude, organic whole uh-huh. food, um, connecting yep. with the earth. You know, there'd be plenty of evidence-based self-empowerment practices that we do know about. They're well, well evidenced. But that doesn't come forth. That information doesn't come forth. In fact, I even saw a, a, an article on the BBC and it said, can you boost your immune system?" And it got an immunologist to speak in vague terms about questioning whether it was possible to boost your immune system. I thought, wow, that's disinformation. That's extraordinarily misleading. And maybe that immunologist never actually got to study psychoneuroimmunology a sort of you know, more lab-based. I, I, I don't know, but it was profoundly ignorant. It was profoundly ignorant of evidence peer reviewed gold standard evidence around psychoneuroimmunology and that was really curious that a media source would not just be absent of the checklist or the the guide to um well being and the guide to how to be healthy but also to be peddling misinformation you know to be giving a very narrow unhelpful view that um you know it was sort of implying that to you know, have your turmeric tea or to have your your juice you know there's a, there's a lot of this sort of um uh, skeptical debunking that's uh, that's that's how it sees itself in the mainstream media whereas often it's not actually um truly skeptical in the true sense of being open to evidence of recognizing we don't know when we don't know and looking to see where the evidence is pointing us, but, but pushing a certain, um, worldview and it's, and it's counter to that holistic worldview that you point to that one is compelled to discover if you're going through any sort of acute or chronic health crisis and, and you find a, a healthcare system that's, um, minimally equipped to assist. I mean, I'm, I know your journey was with chronic uh, fatigue syndrome as, as, it, as it's labeled. Um, yeah. Yep. And mine was with cancer. And within that, I did have brain surgery. So, you know, so there are some brilliant things within that healthcare system that yep. are extraordinary and mm-hmm. reflective of great dedication and great insight and, and, and great evidence as well. Mm-hmm. But in that same healthcare system, um, you know, I, I, I share this a lot, but I think it's really profound what it points to. I had a, a caring, intelligent, kind oncologist say to me in the same conversation that uh, chemotherapy would be a good idea for me, even though he himself said that based upon my genetic marker, it would be unlikely to have any therapeutic benefit. Uh, my studies of the meta-analyses of, therapeutic, uh, of chemotherapy for brain cancer is that it's more likely to increase the speed with which you die rather than actually having a therapeutic benefit based upon the meta- meta-analyses, um, statistics, studies. And in that same conversation, he said that cannabis oil would likely have therapeutic benefit based upon the initial studies that he's seen, but he would encourage me to wait and not take it until it's available as a, as a pharmaceutical medicine. So, that is, in for me, in, in, a, in a micro, in a conversation, in a nutshell of the problem that we have in mainstream medicine. We have this blind adherence to a medical model, which the statistics and the evidence show to be profoundly flawed, right? Iatrogenic deaths are only behind cancer and heart disease. If you include outpatient iatrogenic deaths, it's the greatest killer of human beings upon the planet. You know, where where is the <laughs> where is the industry body going, uh, wait a minute, guys, there's there's something we're doing here that's 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 not working. And yet that's not what's happening, right? We instead we have this this perpetuation of the narrative. Yeah, we need a vaccination, we need to continue with this uh this this opposite of holistic model, this this ontological materialism where consciousness is disregarded the attitude is disregarded the um, emotion experience of the individual the stress levels of the individual the connection of the individual are, are disregarded in, in spite of the evidence and this is the very worst that we could be doing in response to a pandemic
1: I feel yeah and it goes it goes further which as I think I saw you you post something about this you're I think you're aware of it um, they are either outright censoring or banning things that promote, uh, you know, the YouTube, the CEO of YouTube came out and said things like if you say turmeric or vitamin C is a remedy for um, uh, the coronavirus, uh, that, that goes against the WHO's guidelines and that will be censored or banned from YouTube, which they've been doing. Facebook, um, uh, Google, uh, either they'll ban it or they'll they'll put some kind of this doesn't some kind of science fact checker thing now comes out and it's, it's all very like, you know, 1984 draconian weird stuff that's, that's going Certainly. on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: C- yes. Censorship is, it should be a huge concern, particularly when that censorship is being conducted by private companies on the basis of, <clears throat> as you say, they're an interpretation of whether something is counter to, The WHO's narrative and health advice. Um, Now, that for me is simply not a function or a role of a social media company in a democracy. And and also, there's no balance to it. You look at all the nonsense that's out there on social (laughs) media, (laughs) right?
1: Like the the flat
0: flat earthers can they haven't been shut down. You know, which is
1: fine let them yeah. have their, 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 their moment right and, yeah. there, and there's yeah. many
0: other <laughs> wild perspectives, belief systems religions, right? the Scientologists right. are able to keep on going the, the Catholic yeah. myths are still, you know, in, in spite of some of the very questionable activity of this church and organization right. So right. why is it now that the discussion and debate which is the very essence of scientific exploration right is to consider hypotheses
1: yeah yeah to
0: to to have discussion to be in open conversation why to, to censor that to actually just like cut that off and say no you can't speak anymore because our official central organized body which has shown itself to be massively incompetent and wrong and incorrect in all manner of different areas, as as any organization is at times.
1: Yeah, and obviously, as you know, you look into it a little bit. They're they're funded by the big pharmaceutical industries, by the vaccine companies. You know, so it's obviously their interest is not to include things that are holistic approaches that would prevent them from, you know, maximizing the profits they want to maximize.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, a, a global agenda that's far from a theory. It's very clear and you know in the EU, very aggressive agenda was introduced to try and um make herbal remedies, for example, um um far more difficult to promote and sell. And it was all sort of under the guise of protecting people from quackery. But no, it was actually an aggressive move from a particular sector of the healthcare industry, which is the pharmaceutical companies to protect their business and to, to push out um, threats to their business, very, very simple. And of course the, the profitability of pharmaceutical companies, such as the scope of their scam, um, it is such that they have the spare hundreds of billions of dollars, probably more tens of billions total of lobbying over the last decade or two to lobby left, right and center with all authorities around the world, whether it's the WHO, whether it's the EU government, whether it's the US government, or indeed it's the specific regulatory bodies such as the FDA or the European equivalent. So when we when we know all this, you know, this is again well documented, laid out. Yep read Bad Bags. Farmer by, by Ben Goldacre yeah. or Peter Gertscher's work. When we know all this, it really is not solid ground for Facebook to say, or YouTube to say, well, what you're saying goes against what they're saying. So we're going to ban you from using our platform.
1: Yeah,
0: As you say, that is echoes of, the, it's, this, this term can be overused, right? But it is Orwellian. It is absolutely yeah. 1984. Yeah. And some of the doublespeak yeah. that we're hearing as well is very like, wow, I'm, I've, I've got it on my bookshelf and I'm thinking I should reread the right. book and refamiliarize myself with some of the um, methods that, that, that George uh, sort of pointed to that he saw governments mm-hmm. inevitably using. And, and when we have seen, and it seems we're seeing them now with, uh, with, with coronavirus as well.
1: Yeah. And we were talking before we came on, too, about truth and there are people that are s- spiritual mentors or people that are in this kind of field of non duality or whatever the case may be, whatever term you want to use. At the heart of it, what we've always into, what, what, what brought us to um, everything that we've realized or awakened to is the, the quest for truth. The quest for truth and continues, you know. Like, so for me, it's like that's all I'm really interested in is what is true, mm-hmm. you know, what is true. And, and, looking in each moment to see what is true because what what's true yesterday may not be what's true today what's true five Mm -hmm. minutes ago may not be true what's true now so that's to me that's what the being present is or the power of now is like i totally would would call it Mm -hmm. um so to me that's what this is really all about and i think that um people have an idea i wrote something about this recently people have an idea that we're kind of just into positive thinking and you shouldn't talk about like you know the who and these this this is Negative, you know, actually, we're just interested in truth, you know? So I think, I don't think it's where we want to be bogged down and just complaining about it, but you want to be aware of it. You want to, this is okay. This is, this is, this is the way it is. This is where we are right now. And so I love that we're, we're pointing out where we are and and bringing awareness to it um, for people. And then I think the question is, you know, the obvious question is, well, what do we do about it? You know, what do we, and that's an open question, I think, for all of us to explore and have conversations about and kind of um, harness our creativity of what do we want to create? What, what do we want to create that's a different, that can be an opportunity that comes out of this situation?
0: Sure. And and that inquiry into truth, I know for, for both of us has been, um, so there's the subjectivity that we're speaking to there of looking into what's mm-hmm. true now. Yeah, how is my body what's showing up what's being felt what's being perceived and of course there's the, the 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 wonderful truth of the scientific process this refining of truth through hypothesis through testing ideas and then repeating those tests and finding out what we actually can objectively say to be true and there are certain you know, we've touched on psychoneuroimmunology the placebo effect is perhaps one of the most recurrent um it's probably one of the most repeated experiment outcomes you know, because of the prevalence of medical science testing the occurrence the reality of the placebo effect that a significant portion of the population will essentially create the outcome that the drug was designed to create through believing that they're going to do so alone through their own thoughts through their own awareness through their own belief and feeling is um a a scientific fact that is uh, quite inconvenient for pharmaceutical companies literally right they spend a lot of money to design their studies to psychologically remove those people from the studies that are highly likely to have a powerful placebo effect. So therefore they can rig the figures in their favor and not have too many people having a placebo effect response. Um, Rather than (laughs) an alternative would be, guys, good news, we found out that your thoughts and beliefs and emotions and feelings about your health outcome and what you're taking have a causative effect that's that's not a message you hear generally from the majority of medical professionals it's certainly not a message that you see on bbc or cnn or or, or fox i would i would guess so this, no. this basic personal empowerment and this empowering of consciousness this empowering of consciousness as causative is um something that i feel is something we can be helpful in in our own experience and to share with others, the science to share with others, our own experience. And I I recall in my journey with this began, um, I had two experiences. One as a teenager, I was a bartender and I wanted to not work one night. And so I said that I was feeling sick and I wanted to go home and they asked me to, to sit down in the office for a while and see if I felt better. And during that time, people were walking past and I, in order to maintain my, my lie, I looked sick. So I was, you know. And what was really curious is after about an hour of that, they said, okay, go home. I walked away and I had a cold. I, I had the very thing that I said that I had. I had a blocked nose. Yeah. I had phlegm coming up in my throat and so on. I, I had created the experience through a prolonged feeling and thinking that I would be that ill. And conversely, I recall being in an office of seven people and having a friend, uh, the other five were down with some nasty bug and she said, oh, it looks like you and I are next. And I said, yes, ha ha. And then I caught myself, I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not, going to get ill. That's not something that I'm going to create. And the, the next day she had the very same illness. I, I um, increased my water intake, my fluid intake. I um, communicated with my body that it's, you know, if, there was a, if there was a hint of a itch in the throat, it was like, ah, that's the body dealing with what it needs mm. to deal with. That's my body processing uh, and, and being healthy and so on. And, and I worked in that office for the next few days while everyone else was all over the place and I, and I didn't get sick. So my direct experience is correlated with that evidence that we are that powerful. We can we, mm-hmm. we can get an itch in our throat and go, oh my God, it's coronavirus and go into fear response and reduce our immune system function. Or we can be clear and be in communication with our body. Now, as I'm saying this, I'm sensing reaction that some people might have, right? Are you saying, Will, that you can prevent coronavirus through positive thinking? Um, yeah, I am, actually. Yeah, I am. I think, actually, that's not an outrageous statement. It's, it's a statement that's driven by the facts that we know of the placebo effect in psychoneuroimmunology. That doesn't mean that someone should be blamed if they get coronavirus. It doesn't mean it's their fault most people haven't been given this information, haven't had the opportunity to practice this sort of mind mastery or, uh, or, and, and, and so on. Uh, but certainly our thoughts and our beliefs and our feelings are causative. This seems to be so simple and straightforward. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I've always felt, Like, this is the biggest, like, we're just scratching the surface of the power of what you're talking about. It's the biggest untapped area in in, in all of, you know, human existence is the power of our mind. Um, And how far down that rabbit hole is it? Does it really go? I think it goes all the way. (laughs) It's like, you know, what everything is consciousness, I think, you know, as I see it. But um, to really start to, for all of us to start to explore that experience, because that's another thing that, you know, I was talking about with a friend is. Well, the scientists say this, and the, you know, the high priests of science now, which are, you know, these are people that are generally funded by corporations to, you know, find this, find, make the study look like this. Okay, I'll make the study look like that, you know. So that's kind of what we're dealing with science a lot of times these days, is these people from far removed with the white coats. But I think the thing that, and, and I definitely appreciate science, and um, as you said, the scientific method is a beautiful thing. And what is it really but the, the the act of observation? right? Um, repeated observation and recording what you're observing. Um, and then you can make a theory based on that. Um, and we all, um, are are our own scientists, you know, I'm constantly observing what's happening. I'm doing experiments on myself, trying this, what happens if I do this, if I do that, what does that happen? You know, we have that ability to empower ourselves to, be doing our own experiments on ourselves or our friends. We can do it together. You know, we could do an experiment together and see what happens if we do this with our minds. And, you know, even the thing that you just said about, I, I, I believe that um, the coronavirus will not, but won't be affected if I use, you know, we can test that and try it and play with it. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be like, well, this is my, position. Well, this is my position. Well, how about we just, you know, as you said earlier, like the spirit of play and experimentation and, um, I think yeah. that that's something that we can really bring back in and um, and really explore the power of our mind because I think it's it's this untapped area you know and one other thing you said that really struck me, you are talking about how you had this you know maybe some kind of things of a sore throat and you were kind of were like excited about you know what, what, how the body's working there to fight things and you know it's interesting to look at which where China is right now with the Chinese Communist Party and everything that's feels like it's coming out to the rest of the world. I feel the rest of the world's, you know, you know, there was here in the States these politicians saying, well China did a great job with how they, you know, we should do the same thing here, which is kind of what we've done. Um, so I'm not a fan of, you know, what's happening in China these days, but I'm a huge fan of ancient China. You know, so much of my wisdom comes from the ancient Chinese teachings. And um Chinese, ancient Chinese medicine, and the way they approach it is not oh there's this evil thing and you have to destroy it you know um, the way China, ancient Chinese medicine is is the body in balance or is it out of balance you know so kind of what you were saying if there's some sort of imbalance it's just all the only thing you want to do is just restore the balance and trust that the body is doing what it can innately already to restore the balance and maybe you can give it some support with some different things um externally but but that is the body's the body has is so intelligent you know and, yeah. and and innately intelligent and is always seeking to be in the balance of the environment around it
0: yes and the i think i think this is i'm not in any way expert in this but i think this is something to do with a distinction we're hearing in popular discourse between a uh, germ theory or terrain theory where one we're yes. focused on the, the external threat, the other we're focused on creating the terrain or the environment that's best supportive of, of, of health. And it's been my experience too that, um, excuse me, that the ancient Chinese teachings have been very key in, in my health. I mentioned um, uh, brain surgery as one powerful intervention I had on, on my journey in the interest of balance. And another one they had was uh, three or four hours a day of medical qigong uh, from the medicine hospital in in China. And yeah, it's depending on how on one's bias, um, one might say it was more the surgery, or one might say it was more the medical qigong, or, or I might say that's probably both, and also the emotional healing work that I did as well around connection with the father um I, I was watching inception last night and there was this interesting um reaffirming of the the, the the one of the most significant things in working with dreams and someone's psychology is their relationship with their father and it's so many personal development teachings reaffirm this my experience is certainly this is in, in in my experiments this has been true for me to come into um right relationship we could say uh, whether that be receiving the love of our father or, or forgiving the sins of our father to be coming into physiological peace when father comes into our mind is a very significant way of creating a happy and healthy psychology and ultimately physicality as well so that's 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 a a a holistic or integrative approach to health and right now on the global scale i think our trauma and uh, relationships with primary caregivers you know fundamental patternings as to whether we 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 trust or or do what authority tells us or um I, i know i'm Uh, far far removed from compliancy I'm far more towards the inclined to rebel to question and to, to 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 go my own way and you you mentioned the desire for truth the hunger for truth the focus on truth that always brings up for me henry david thoreau give me truth he was the first writer that i encountered who really beautifully articulated that sort of obsession um, that that primary focus and he wrote this wonderful essay on civil disobedience where oh, our right. responsibility as good citizens when a law is immoral or illegal is to circumvent that law. Is to, in his oh, case, nice. go to prison rather than pay a tax that so was to fund. That's that another. That's
1: another thing. essay to dig back up and look at again. Mm. I forgot about that one. That's a great one. Yeah.
0: times. Yeah, I've, I've picked it off my bookshelf. So I've got 1984 and Civil Liberties <laughs> by Thoreau. That's inspired Gandhi. That's inspired Tolstoy. That's yeah. Inspired right. The King. Right. Um, yeah. Many great freedom fighters of our of our yeah. recent history.
1: Yeah, and um, you know what you were talking about earlier is is a big component that we didn't bring into the holistic pie. Um, thinking of a pie with different slices, um, forgiveness is, is mm. huge. Forgiveness is mm. huge. Can the WHO talk about forgiveness? Wouldn't that be great? Mm. That's that's huge. That's huge for health. You know, when you're when you're carrying resentment and, and grudges against people, and you know, week after week and month after month, and you're, it really weighs on your health. You know, and, and people will literally die of. those grudges at times so um you know it's that's another great thing for us to explore as human beings is um and i've been inquiring that with with somebody recently is like well how do we of course things are going to happen that upset us or we don't like someone did this or they did that but how do you release that how do you what's your process to let go of that to to free yourself to to lighten your your spirit that you're not carrying that, and then something else comes on top of it, and you're carrying that. And something else comes on top, of it and all of a sudden, you're just so weighed down with your resentments towards all these different people that, you know, you're you're really destroying your your well being. So I think that's that's another great thing to to bring into the conversation. Yeah, for sure, and
0: of course, that's so often interrelated with our parents. Um, yes, you know, in- inevitably, yes. our parents parented us imperfectly, and often- inevitably. Will have um, you know, perhaps committed physical abuse or, or, or sexual abuse. And of course, in our journey of being human, uh, being clear in our boundaries and, and divine loving knows, and cutting up people from our life uh, may be appropriate if that person is um, evidently toxic or um, not supportive of our well being. And whether the person who we have suffered at the hands of is still alive in our lives uh, or not in our lives or has passed away, the power of forgiveness as a physiological healing, as a bringing into peace and balance, this this nervous system is, is hugely Powerful in in my experience, and it's just a very simple logical application of broader principles of what we understand about um, the relationship between mental and physical health, and the the, the mind body relationship. I mean, we don't even have, that doesn't even make sense in from a Chinese perspective to say mind body as implying two worlds right. or two realms is to miss the point. Right. It's the body mind, it's the the one thing which is certainly my direct experience. I've never experienced um, mind and body separately uh, or distinct from each other. They're all always simultaneously co-arising. Um, and I, I, that, that, that's that's curious, I think, in in this time right now. And, and again, Lisa Rankin was writing about this, how some of us are conditioned by our trauma to be compliant, to, to say, yes, mum, yes, dad. Or, or yes, government yes, and and how dare you question let's just do what we're told this is this is how to be safe and others are, of us are the opposite. we have found um, that it's the safest route is to rebel is to not follow what our parents are saying or doing, and we might bring that into our uh, approach to 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 sense making and and uh, and so on and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, forgiving the uh, forgiving the dark forces, forgiving the the shadow of humanity, forgiving the pharmaceutical companies, forgiving right. the doctors that have given um, advice that is um, unhelpful, forgiving the WHO. You know, so coming into peace with the whole play um, is good good for our own system and of course we can then share that and you you use that word right like play and we talk, it's a yes. principle of love and truth bodies i think that's yeah. really helpful to to bring a playful attitude and energy to to life in general
1: yeah yeah and that's a great inquiry too is like you know can you can you point out something that um but can you be critical, or can you point out something that, that that you don't feel is aligned with truth, or you don't feel is just aligned with? I don't use like the word justice too much, but let's just use the word for the moment, justice. Um, and so, I guess the question is, how how do you how do you say, hey, this is this is wrong, this is this is I don't agree with this, I don't support this. Um, you're hurting people, you are um, damaging people's lives, so forth and so on, and have that spirit of forgiveness. Right. I think it's, I think it's totally possible. Um, but I think we don't see it exemplified very often and I don't think we see people striving for it enough. You know, and I think that some of these things get lost. I find because we don't have the the in person, like I can feel you right now. I can feel where you're coming from. You can feel me. Um, but we're just typing stuff on Facebook. I think a lot of times these things get lost. The kind of the body language, the tone. Yes. So you can, in other words, and I think I'm thinking of Jesus actually as a great example because he called people out, you know, <laughs> he, 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 hypocrites. He, he hated hypocrites, not hated, but he, he really called out hypocrites. You know, he had a real dis, distaste for hypocrites. Um, so he called people out, um, but there was a sense of like compassion at the same time. Like, in fact, in one of his, la- I think his last line was before he was, before he died, was, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, and I think that's where I come from. Um, I make an assumption, and it is an assumption. I assume that people are trying their best, that they're, they're trying to do their best. And, you know, it's, this is really important, I think, with parents. You know, so you go back to my father or my mother. Um, I look at things they did, and it's like, well, they were doing the best they could at the time. They didn't know any better at that moment of how to operate, how to do things. And that allows a sense of, of forgiveness. That come in. So I, I try to have that approach with these, these people, and they're just people, in these organizations too, that perhaps they're just doing the best they can at the time, and I still think they're wrong in <laughs> what they're doing, how they're doing it, and, and the way they're saying things, and we can, we can call that out while having a spirit of forgiveness at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, would say, I would say one other thing I'd add to that too, which I think is really big, is I really question what the point of punishment is, which is a huge thing to question, right? Mm-hmm. But I, 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 would, I would favor rehabilitation over punishment. I think that that's, that's something that we can bring into this new world we're calling forth as well. Yeah,
0: and to look at the evidence of uh, Norwegian prison recidivism, for example, compared to American mm-hmm. prison recidivism, it's not just a philosophical preference but the mm-hmm. data supports a, a rehabilitative approach where indeed that's actually the fundamental view is that this person is sick or this person is uh, unwell and, and needs help, needs help in being um, more well, whether it be developing skills so they can make a living that doesn't involve stealing or whatever or healing their trauma. We had a, a lady, called a, Extraordinary lady called Fritzi Horstman on recently, and she's working the Compassion Project, the Prison Compassion Project, where she is really calling out this extraordinary truth that of people in prison in the US, and I'm sure it's true globally, the degree of fundamentally traumatic experiences they had in their first seven years of life, in terms of physical abuse, rejection, poverty and so on is is huge. And if we bring a focus where we're supporting individuals to work through their trauma, to heal their emotional wounds, to be loved and supported, to be empowered and educated, that's clearly an advantage for the society. And that's clearly a breaking of the cycle. And as you said, we don't often see anywhere in our culture when i'm thinking about uh, politics or um uh, discourse on in the media it, this this is not commonly modeled this sort of wisdom or forgiveness or, or even kindness you, know, you yeah. see politicians speak and it's like gee th- these are our leaders you know their emotional <laughs> right. reactivity and their pettiness and their vehemence and their vitriol is um really uh, quite quite sad to see and then we have a media that um generally sort of uh, feeds off that and perpetuates the portrayal of the human being as um animalistic and violent and uh unkind um so choosing our media carefully uh, choosing what entertainment or what news sources we imbibe i think is also a very important part of, uh, of 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 the new story of of um being helpful to ourselves and being helpful to others you know what what's the energy where where is it coming from is it perpetuating old narratives or world views or is it Creating something that's uh, compassionate, that's progressive, that's um, that the sort of world, the more the more beautiful world that our hearts know it's possible, as our uh, friend Charles Eisenstein puts it. Um, and I, I think you point to it very nicely that play and forgiveness can be brought in while still calling out very clearly that no, I I'm I'm not going to. Um, accept Fox News. I'm right. not going to accept any media source. Um, you know that uh, doesn't run an expose on Big Pharma. You know, look at the Guardian and the BBC, and it's like where Where is your investigative journalism? You've done great stuff with Edward Snowden and supporting Julian Assange, who's been uh, you know, tortured and illegally held by. Um, governments around the place on trumped up charges of rape that were never actually made in sweden if you listen to the un um uh interpretation there's this this is wonderful to, to, just to back that up briefly we won't go down that rabbit hole but the un reportage on torture he's a swedish lawyer and he um went through the case files in sweden and Julian Assange was never never accused of rape. Neither of the two women ever accused him of rape. And yet every single person on the planet has read and reads newspapers thinks that Julian Assange was accused of rape because that's what the newspapers reported. But if you actually speak Swedish and you go through the case files, they weren't. That's not what happened. No woman said that. Really, really fascinating, just in terms of like how the media works and how truth is, is, is crushed. You know, Julian Assange's crime was to point out the crimes of humanity that the American government commits on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. The media is a huge, we we could spend hours on that, that topic. Um, But I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my personal story here. So when this coronavirus thing started, I think like everybody, I was like, what, what is happening? You know, I got to find out what's going on here. So I was, very immersed in, it. in a way I probably have never been to the to the degree I was at that time. I was really immersed in just you know as soon as I wake up, find what's happening? What's mm-hmm. the how many cases? Blah blah blah. All this all the, what, where what countries? What cities? You know, trying to find out what's going on. And um, and then I, I got to a, a point where there was a sense of well, they're not really telling me what's going on. They're 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 there's some kind of agenda that they just want to run the same story. And I actually couldn't. So what happened was I just, I just decided, you know, got frustrated and just, I'm going to have a media fast. You know, I'm just going to be done with all of it. And, and I was talking to a friend of mine and he told me he reported the same thing to me. I actually found I had a much, much better sense of what was going on. Once I stopped going to the media, <laughs> I did what I was. It was like, it's almost like you're, they're redirecting you. They're, they're redirecting your attention and distracting you in all these different ways. And the best way to know what's going on is just pay attention to what's in front of you and just talk to people. Hey, you know, that's kind of what I'm at now is like you ask me, like, what's going on where you are? What's going on where you are? You know, it's like, how, how are things there? How, you know, you just start, that's, that's sort of like our, our friend network is the most immediate news. Those are the people that we're most connected to you know, and obviously if I want to know some, some specific statistic or some kind of, you know, whatever the weather or something, you know, or something particular, um, I was thinking of the metaphor of like, you know, going into some kind of like a building with toxic fumes or something. I I very clear intent on what I want to get. I go in, I get it, I get out (laughs) as soon as I can. That's kind of how I feel about the news right now. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just propaganda and things out there and, Um, that's another thing that I think is going to be completely reworked is because, you know, the news or the way we share information, that's kind of like, kind of like the bloodstream of our, of our human world, you know, that's how the information flows through us. And so if that's corrupted or that's tainted in some way, then, um, that obviously needs to be addressed and we need to find new ways of communicating with each other and, um, yeah, sharing information with each other. And, and that corruption
0: could be the Russian bots that are perpetuating certain memes or have an agenda to get certain people elected, or it could be the censorship of approaches or perspectives that challenge the dominant narrative. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I feel the capacity to discern within the individual what's valid and what's true both from Mm -hmm. a critical thinking logical analysis uh, fluency with scientific research and process Mm -hmm. and from an intuitive felt sense in the body we actually do know from science that um, our neurology is dispersed through our head brain our heart brain and our gut brain And we've all had the experience of having like, just knowing that that treatment or that person is good or is not good. Yep. Yep. Present moment awareness. Right. So this is, this is a radical empowerment of the individual, whether in consultation with their doctor or in interaction with their computer, you know, reading the news or in Mm -hmm. hearing what their friend says on social media you know where's where's where, what, what's what do I know to be true right yeah now? Um, yeah and I, again, that just brings me back to like the the, tr- I, I, the, tr- the truth of play like if we if we take a big enough view of this human experience, if we look into eternity <laughs> beyond our little lives, um everything's perfect, everything's good there's no problem you know there's there's just consciousness playing with itself we could say and we 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 all die of course this human physical form comes to an end and uh, and, and and life goes on and it's a, a light heart a humor a playfulness to this human experience feels really good for me it feels you know i in in my body this is this is good to not take life or myself too seriously you know to uh not hold on to positions or opinions or ideas of myself but to uh to to really be in in, in the playfulness and laugh regularly and and smile a lot and uh and 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 share that with people as well and you've pointed to how on facebook or any sort of written text often the smile that's behind the writing isn't seen you know?
1: totally totally um, yeah
0: and it might not be felt uh, even in, in 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 the words because someone might be bringing their um that their emotional reactivity kicked in and, and the the slight humor or, or or the genuine curiosity or questioning can't be perceived in 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 those words um yeah so great to be able to have these dialogues where where we it's not quite the same as in person but i can i can see your face i can see your body language we've got some degree of genuine communication um beyond the simple words and words without tone words without body language are um troublesome creatures they're, they're quite inclined to be misleading
1: yeah it just brings you it, it to me what i feel, see that is it becomes just mind you know mind 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 and we're not getting into these other aspects of ourselves um, a couple of points stuck out to me when you said totally yes to play for sure 100% fun and play that's what the that's what the universe is rooted in um, you know, one thing about censorship that I think is important to note is we already talked about how certain things are being censored, but if you're in, you know, mainstream media, if you're in one of these mainstream media news channels or newspapers, you know, what you can say, and what you can't say, you know, what not to question and what to question, and you know, if you go across that line, you're out, you know? So many times they don't even have to censor people. It's just implicitly understood. I think it's for, for people to be aware of that, that, um, you know, an example was um, there was a guy, I don't know if you're familiar with Eric Weinstein, but he was talking about uh, the Jeffrey Epstein case. And he's like, this is one of the biggest stories, maybe in history. You know, why isn't anybody asking questions about it? Why isn't Well, they know what not to ask. They know what, what buttons not to push, you know. So you have this huge story that's just like the mainstream media is not touching it. This is one example of many examples we, we could give. Um, and the other thing, it's really interesting, I think, to bring up is about death. So you talked about death and yeah, we're in this time where obviously people really fear death on, as on a collective, many people really fear death and death is a bad thing. And death is something to push off as far as you can. And that's something else to examine right now too, is like, how did we get in this relationship where death is the enemy? You know, we're all going to experience it. So it's the only thing we all have in common. And yet this thing like death is this terrible thing. That's the enemy how about like somehow having a more harmonious relationship with death, you know, and, and, and and embracing that. And maybe that actually in that embrace, it actually transforms the way we live. Right. As I'm sure you agree, like if you, if you have such fear of death, well actually maybe what you're actually fearing is living. Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's so much in that. And
0: there's a nice little interweaving. The, manufacturing of consent this is the term that noam chomsky used to point to that mm-hmm. very idea where you don't need to censor people or editorially say you, know, you can't cover epstein but rather it just sort of happens through certain communications and and collectively we do that you can't uh, talk about aliens you can't question 9-11 uh, you can't question vaccinations even though there's plenty of evidence. Uh, from the CDC and from the vaccination uh, bits of paper and so on. There's plenty of reasons why you would question that, but you can't have that conversation. That's a consent that's uh, manufactured. And I think I'm always drawn to those taboos and to those things that we're supposed to not talk about. Death, of course, like money and sex, is kind of up there as a very big taboo that is often not to be talked about And I totally agree that perhaps one of the greatest opportunities that's right now happening, we're all being pointed to our mortality um, in a way that's very powerful. And I see how the, if we go back, I think it's about 1500 years, um, Christianity taught reincarnation like every other religion and wisdom tradition upon the planet, almost bar none. It's just like accepted that life goes on, that there's a change of form, but it doesn't end. And you can get into the details of this reincarnation or that reincarnation, but essentially, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Christianity, all the great traditions taught about this ongoing life. And in, I think it was 400, 500, it was a Constantine, um, it, it, was, it wasn't such an effective political tool to have this, um, you know, never ending life teaching. So they brought in heaven and hell and they brought in um, these, these, these ways of um, creating this good and evil, uh, black and white. So therefore you're now punishable and so on. And you can now create fear in a very powerful way that you either align with, you either give your consent to the herd mentality or you'll end up in hell or you'll end up uh uh, yeah and and, and so on so there's a a lot of black magic we could say around death and we're also at a time where the truth is actually coming out scientifically whether it be stevenson's work on child recall of past lives that's been shown again and again to be beyond chance uh extraordinary uh, validity you know that a child will say hey no i'm, I'm i should be back here and with so and so and and they they go and verify the facts and they find that yes indeed around the same time that this guy was born um, someone died and everything he's saying is exactly that person's life that he's pointing to so there's one little line in there from frederick i think it's frederick stevenson's work we know of course near-death experiences as well Um, There's a lot of research that's been done in the last 10, 20, 30 years. Um, Pim van Lommel, the Dutch cardiologist, his work on looking into what happens as a common aspects of the near-death experience and the reductive materialist attempts to explain away those commonalities. And there's a great podcast and he wrote a book, I think it's called Skeptico. I'll double check that, and he pretty much just presents the evidence and talks to people like Pim Van Lommel, that all of our data and evidence that we have right now in 2020 points to the fact that consciousness survives physical death. That consciousness is not dependent upon physicality to experience itself, and um, that's that's a fairly major um, lie. In the whole narrative, right? And if we're going to sort of look at the anomaly that you pull out at the bottom of the house of cards, and <laughs> the whole thing right. collapses, uh, if if there's no end to life at physical death, and there's no judgment and punishment of hell and so on, um, well, that changes everything, doesn't it? That changes how we'd approach a pandemic it changes how we experience our own mortality you know maybe we're now feeling a little bit more excited and intrigued by the death experience rather than um you know terrified or trying to uh, not think about it or, or um you know wash our shower ourselves in alcoholic um sanitizer every day and in, in 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 the hope that we'll stay alive
1: yeah I think that that's the core revelation uh, of spiritual awakening or self-realization is that shift of I'm consciousness inside a little tiny body to a little tiny body is inside the consciousness which is me you know that's 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 the shift that that we you know that we awaken to so yeah it's beautiful Mm.
0: Let's hope that, um, that this pandemic can trigger such awakenings and, um, let's, let's hope that more people are empowered to engage in their own health creation playfully and to engage in debate and communication with others playfully and from love. Um, and that certainly feels like you know, going back to our original sort of inspiration um, that, that feels like the, the type of church or the type of community that I desire to be involved with one that is, um, doesn't take itself too seriously one that is uh, irreverent uh, whilst re- Whilst in reverence to all the beauty and uh, uh-huh. the the wonder and the gift of this being alive,
1: that was a beautiful job of weaving it all together. We just opened like twenty different threads, and you brought it all back to the beginning. <laughs> Good job, Will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that must that must mean that we've reached a point of completion. Then we we've, we've we've journeyed outwards and we've circled back into. I, I really appreciate our dialogue today, Brian. We've um we've explored and traversed a fair bit of terrain it's lovely to see your radiance and and share you with the love and truth party audience um everyone that's watching and listening can of course get in contact with you via your email the at gmail.com and your website and then all those all that information will be featured in the show notes and so on as well so thank you so much for taking time to connect it's been a pleasure personally and i'm sure it'll be a joy for all of
1: our viewers and listeners as well yeah i always enjoy to talk to you all well, thank you so much
0: and to our viewers and listeners thank you for being here with us uh, please visit loveandtruthparty.org to join our community download or order love letters register for our very occasional newsletter Uh, you can connect on social media as well and please do consider a financial gift Uh, we run these podcasts at our cost, we don't make any money off them we don't do advertising, if you enjoy our podcasts and you'd like to contribute then please do consider joining us on Patreon, just giving a dollar a month or something like this uh, or making a one-off donation at loveandtruthparty.org support thank you to all our existing supporters and contributors, together we are creating kind, conscious courageous, human community.